Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association. And welcome back to today's Issues. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman this week. I'm joined in studio by Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. Guys, uh, before we get uh, back into the news, I really enjoyed that last segment. But just before the break, Mm -hmm. we had uh, Dr. Andy Miller of Wesley Biblical Seminary. We had Dr. Alex McFarland. We were talking about being faithful to God's word and, uh, you know, honoring the doctrines that Scripture teaches, uh, but also talking about revival. Um, You know, Fred, uh, I'll just say this. Um, Sometimes Christians, for some reason in the evangelical community, uh, have a problem with the, the with the subject of doctrine. Yeah, they act like, uh, oh, we're not about doctrine; we're about relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. And of course, that's true. Yes, but that that does not mean that doctrine therefore is unimportant. Mm. And as we're seeing in a lot of churches and even den- entire denominations, once you leave the truth of the doctrine the Bible teaches, it changes your relationship. With oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, absolutely. Because if you're reasoning, uh, if you begin to reason, and it's, and it's fascinating to listen to discussions of, of, of how people track with this, is that, okay, we got to go out there and we have to win more people. Right. We want, we want to grow our church. Right. All right. So, uh, you know, you have these planning sessions. All right. Well, let's do a series on this. Let's be careful about what we say, though, about sin, because we don't want to offend them. When we get them into the church and they're here for a while, then we'll talk about sin. Then we'll lay it on them. Yeah, but we want to have this welcoming, and and I'm not saying don't have a welcoming spirit in your church, but sometimes that desire to be welcoming is accompanied by a compromise on what you feel you can say from the pulpit. And so if you soften things down, you may see a result of more people in the pews. Right. All right. Uh, but all of a sudden, and, and what was the, the movement up in Chicago uh, back 10, 15, 20 years ago? Uh, church, oh, Seeker Friendly. Seeker Friendly. Well, it, it, there was a, a church there that grew, grew, grew. And, yes. I'm trying to remember the name. And the leader became a guru. Yeah, uh, and and he was going to conferences. How to grow your church? Willow Creek was it? Willow, Willow Creek? Creek. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, as we got down towards the latter part of that, I think he he even confessed, and the people in Willow Creek confessed, our theology was a mile wide and an inch thick. They did a survey of their members. Yes, and the members said, "We want solid teaching." Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's what happened. It got so watered down, like there was. Why are we even coming here? They wouldn't even put crosses on the wall in the church because it might offend. Unless they offend people who are coming in. Yes, it was. It was. It was. It was bizarre, and it was a a man centered wisdom. Yes, that did not reflect divine wisdom, and they paid the price for it. Yeah, it was. It was kind of a borrowing from a secular marketing. Yes, you know, and they applied it to the church. But the reality is true. Biblical based Christianity has never been the popular right. movement. Right. It's popular areas sometimes, popular right. in given areas. But read the hit read scripture. Right. 
preach scripture. Well, Jesus himself said that the broad is the way yes. leading to destruction, and many are those who are on that path. Yes. And the opposite is true for those yeah. who are entering the kingdom. You you bingoed on something there. Uh, you need to read scripture yourself. I said this yesterday. I'll say it till Jesus comes back, and then I won't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> but you, listener, Christian, need to read the word yourself and don't settle for what somebody on Facebook tells you scripture says and popular TV shows or films about uh, Jesus and other things. Hey, I watch many of them just like everybody else, but that shouldn't be the only message you get. Right. Uh, And oftentimes they use artistic license to kind of add to those stories or scenarios or plots or whatever else. Read this, read the scripture yourself. Doctrine is what you believe and why. And unfortunately, a lot of people my age, they have no idea why it is that we do the Lord's Supper or communion or why it is that people get baptized or all these other things. I don't know. Mom and Dad always did it. Right. That's where that's where you get the whole inch thick or inch deep thing because people have no idea what it is they believe. Mile, mile wide inch. Yeah, because we went from getting the swift kick in the pants that our ancestors got when they went to church to everybody loves you. And then you shook hands and put some money in the plate, and you called yourself a Christian. Well, in the book of Acts, it says that the uh, Christians at Berea, the Bereans, were more noble because they searched the scriptures to make sure that these things were true. Yeah, and listen, I am by no means a scholar. I'm not trying to talk down to you, but we as 40-somethings, 30-somethings are literally missing something here, and we can find it in scripture. All right. I'm telling you, we'll, we'll preach the rest of the show. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but we will now get back to the news of the day. And now for the news. All right. Uh, I want to circle back, to use the Sakiism, to uh, the State of the Union, because people are still talking about it and the various uh, things uh, President Biden had to say in his State of the Union. One of the things he discussed is the fact that, according to Biden himself, we're still going to need oil and gas for the next 10 years. Now, that was a positive in the sense that he does realize we need it. It's a negative in the sense that he only thinks we're going to need it for 10 years, which is so beyond wrong. I can't I don't even know where to begin. But I have some audio here from somebody with the Oil and Gas Workers Association. His name is Matt Coday, and he told Fox and Friends basically the president is speaking out of both sides of his mouth when it comes to oil and gas. Clip seven. Well, first of all, Joe Biden lies a lot, but even a broken clock is right twice a day. Hey, look, uh, uh, Joe Biden said on the campaign trail, we're going to transition away from your old job. He did it from day one. He's done XL permit. Um, everything else since then. Um, every American oil and gas worker knows that this administration wants to kill our jobs. And so when Joe Biden talks about how people don't want to invest, it's under this administration. We've got an energy secretary who's floated the possible reimposition of the crude oil export ban. Nobody wants to invest in a losing opportunity. And oil and gas companies are very scared right now because this Biden administration has signaled to us, hey, we're going to kill your jobs no matter what we say in public. Now, you mentioned earlier in the in the first hour, Ed, that, you know, Biden, it appears he wants to run, run again in 2024. There's a whole bunch of people out there, including good paying union workers um, that are not thrilled with this president and his energy policies. Well, Fred, we've said this uh, many times. There, there is no killing the oil and gas industry without ending civilization. That's right. All right. We may not have said it in just that way, uh, but that's that's the truth. The West, the industrialized West, and the countries who want to industrialize have to have fossil fuels. Yep. There is no substitute at this time 
We've said on this show, too, I'm all for trying to get and find, get some breakthroughs into uh, the kinds of energies that will be perhaps, again, the Lord Terry's, uh, the energy supply for 200 years from now and 100 years from now. All right, these uh, renewable, mm-hmm. okay, so uh, wind, solar, or electric, all, all those different forms. But you, you will kill Western civilization, and you will kill the industrialization of nations without fossil fuels. Any Anyone who says anything different is just living uh, in a fictional world. They're, they're, of that's, course. It's crazy. Well, stop and think, you know. As long as there's an Air Force One, we'll need oil and gas. Right. All right? That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. They're not going to develop engines to fly a 747 uh, 12 hours to the other side of the world with the president on it. Right. They're going to need oil and gas. Something uh, the president said in his uh, State of the Union address the other night, he said they're you know, going to spend billions of dollars to develop, was it, uh, Chris, 50,000 electrical recharge? Mm-hmm. Yes. There's the you infrastructure know, for electric vehicles. All right. We go back to a basic question. Recharge station, electricity. Where does the electricity come from? In the bulk of most states in this union, it comes from fossil fuels. Yes. Of course, of course And especially does. if you're going to uh, increase the number of electric cars. Yes. You're going to have to increase the fossil fuel production that provides the electricity for those cars. Yes. I have nothing against solar panels. Right. If somebody wanted to give me three solar panels to put on the roof of my house, That'd be great. Yeah. You know, great Christmas present, folks, if you're thinking about it. Right. You know, uh, solar panels are fine. Windmills, a little bit more dicey. I don't yeah. have enough room in my my backyard to do that. And dicey when it comes to birds. And also. dicey when it comes to birds. But I, I'll, I'll tell you what. We're, I was reading an article this morning where even though the push has been on for electric cars, they still only represent 6% of the sales of vehicles. Right. And most of that's in California. You know, Joe Biden talks about 2030 that we're going to uh, reduce the footprint of carbon emissions by 50%. That's just seven. That's less than seven years. That's less than seven years. That's impossible. It is absolutely impossible. I don't care how green you are in your thinking. Right. That is impossible. But it's free. It's easy to say it. It's easy in to say politi- in, in the political environment in which we're living. Yes. You can say, yeah, but in, in seven years, we'll have cut our carbon footprint by 50%. Not going to happen. And, and even if you go 2050, I'm sorry. You know, yeah. most of us, you know, be gone to glory by then. Well, we mentioned the, the use of petroleum in other products, yes. not related to heating your home or to travel. Mm-hmm. Okay, the water bottle, mm-hmm. the Diet Coke bottle I've got right there, plastic. <laughs> yes. This computer that I'm sitting in front of, this laptop, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the case of it. Yes. Petroleum-based production. The dry fit polo golf shirts that tim and me and other people wear around here well well, one of the other things these electric cars require lithium batteries right where does the lithium come from there's a big debate about that right now right because to get the lithium out of the ground you have to use machines that use oil and gas right and and so for those that are listening who are yelling at the radio and answering all the things we're raising okay (laughs) listen i've got for you who's listening, listener, let me speak to you directly. I have no problem with what you're yelling at the radio right now in terms of answering the question. All we're saying is let's actually have a discussion and let's have the other side. Let's have the green side of this conversation 
admit that there is no dispensing with fossil fuels like is being suggested by the Biden administration and others of the climate change community. There is no hitting those goals. And let's talk and all the other arguments we make. Okay, and and we don't want to repeat these ad nauseum, but about India, about China, about all the other countries in Africa Mm -hmm. that want to industrialize. There's no skipping that step. That's right. Of fossil fuels Mm -hmm. driving the industrialization of those countries. It's not easy being green. (laughs) Right. All right. What else? In state news this hour, uh, I've got some audio here from uh, Governor Ron DeSantis. You know, he's had a, a long running dispute with Disney. Uh, going back to their public opposition to the parental rights and education bill, something the media and Disney executives called something else, which was a complete lie. Uh, Disney wanted to basically make it, a, or excuse me, Florida made it a law to where you can uh, teach things about sexual orientation and gender identity to young children. Okay, right. The media and Disney executives made a mountain out of a molehill and claimed all sorts of uh, gobbledygook that's not worth repeating because it's an outright lie. Um, but during that... Um, kerfuffle, if you will. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis was like, fine, you know what? Uh, The state of Florida, the legislature, we're going to take away the self-governing rights for Disney. That has still been playing out in the news here, and I've got some audio of Governor Ron DeSantis talking about this whole situation I just described. Clip 11. Disney is going to pay its fair share of taxes, and Disney's going to honor the debt, and that's exactly what this proposed piece of legislation will do. Uh, If you remember when we first went down this road last spring, a lot of folks in the media were saying that, oh my gosh, Disney's actually going to pay less taxes and Floridians are going to pay more taxes. They were saying that. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Well, this puts that to bed. This is obviously now going to be controlled by the state of Florida, which is no longer self-governing for them. So there's a new sheriff in town. And that's just the way it's going to be. People there were obviously pleased with the governor and his comments. Fred, I got to say, um, you know, Bob Iger was shifted over to retake the helm of Mm -hmm. Disney's former CEO. I wonder if that is in part because his predecessor made the boneheaded move of saying that Disney was going to work to repeal a law Mm -hmm. by the duly elected legislators of Florida. Yeah. And that has gotten them in a, it looks like a world to hurt. Yeah. And what an issue to take on that law was the parental uh, protection, uh, parental rights and education, parental rights and education. <laughs> and every time, you know, we talk about this is absolutely amazing that a major corporation like Disney would fight this. This was to stop homosexual indoctrination for little boys and girls, five years old up to grade three, which what eight, right. Between five and eight years old. All this does is say, teachers, you cannot bring these subjects up, and right. parents must be involved in this. Why in the world would you fight that? I, I mean, it makes absolutely no sense. And so it's come out. It's very interesting. I, you mentioned Iger. Yeah. Uh, he's come in to uh, back into play there, and uh, one of the first things he's doing is laying off 7,000 workers uh, at, at Disney. I'm not sure what's going on. I mean, many years ago, we took our girls to Disney when they were little kids, Epcot Center, all of all of that. But Disney has changed. Disney Absolutely. has Disney has changed through the years. It it is again hard to understand why corporate America 
wants to, in an effort to win the favor of one or two percent of the population, insult the rest. Yeah. That, to my mind, that's not a good business plan. Well, and they're starting to, they're, I guess they're starting to learn. But uh, here's the thing about ideological radicals who have infested, frankly, corporate America. Mm-hmm. These are true believers. So some of these companies, now some of these companies are huge and can weather the storm. Disney's not going to go out of business. All right. But <clears throat> these ideological radicals are, are, have drunk the Kool-Aid they are true believers, whatever other metaphors I can throw in here, okay? They're not going to stop pushing. Corporate America is going to remain woke for the foreseeable future until the vast majority of people in this country who are not woke, who uh, may have been open to being reasonable about these discussions but are getting sick and tired of the woke ideology uh, infecting everything from sports to what what's happening at the grocery store to what's being read to kids at the local library until those people stand up and make their intentions clear corporate america i'm afraid is going to continue i I think bob Iger, even though his predecessor uh, bob chapik um even though he saw what happened to his predecessor even though he sees the blowback i think he remains committed to the woke ideology we just saw a story this week about uh, the Proud Family, mm-hmm. uh, you know, another Disney show that is uh, that is uh, preaching the woke ideology. They're going to double down for the foreseeable future. People have to speak up. Yeah, you can watch that uh, that show that you just mentioned, that Ed just mentioned on uh, Disney Plus. And if you've not seen it or seen any of the news coverage of it, it was Woke Plus. Yes, I mean, it was like it was the wokiest woke thing I've ever seen since I woke up, uh, you know, earlier this week. I see what you did there. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Continuing coverage here of uh, something we discussed yesterday, and uh, you can go back and get that discussion by going to our podcasts at AFR.net. Look for the Today's Issues button there and and get the discussion. Um, But uh, education board member Saparna Dutta. she was somebody that Governor Glenn Youngkin of Virginia wanted on uh, the state education board. Democrats and other people, uh, you know, they booted her um, because, of all things, uh, Miss Dutta has defended the Constitution and spoken out against socialism. Oh, the horrors! Okay, um, so she is, uh, you know, speaking out saying, "Hey, this is this is not right. I was treated unfairly." And Governor Glenn Youngkin says it's it's ridiculous um, that people in Virginia are voicing their opposition to her being on the education board, clip 10. What's stunning to me is that they'll support a board member who believes that we shouldn't teach our children about the Constitution and our Declaration of Independence. This is at the heart of the parents' movement. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. That parents' movement's not going away. I think it's just going to pick up steam, Fred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the other night uh, in the response, the Republican response uh, to the uh, State of the Union address, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the new governor of Arkansas, she said, tomorrow I'm bringing in education reforms. It's huge now. School choice. Uh, you you talked Tennessee is, is going this direction. In fact, the governor of Tennessee announcing this week that they're considering up there, we're going to cut our ties with the federal government uh, money altogether. And we're talking about probably a billion bucks uh, for Tennessee. But it comes with strings. Right. Federal dollars come with strings. 
you know, whether it's the school cafeteria items or whatever the case may be, uh, we're going to cut our strings with that. So that's being considered there. Uh, there's some really good things happening out there, folks. Uh, I, I keep going back to Loudoun County in Virginia. Uh, that changed the political makeup of that state right. when parents found out what their kids were being taught. And that's being repeated in Florida. It's being repeated in Arkansas, Tennessee. Several other states are moving in this direction. It is amazing. Some kind of light went on yes. back there two years ago. And that light is just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Talk about God bringing good out of a bad situation. COVID, yeah, it's an all, education revival. Yeah, and it happened because because of COVID yeah. and the lockdowns and kids being home doing their schoolwork on Zoom. Yes, and then parents peeking in and going, "Wait, wait, wait what was that?" <laughs> and I, I, I'll tell you something else. It is uh, ironic that the left has become so radical. And so committed to this direction that they're in, this woke direction, this anti-American founders direction, this pro-sexual anarchy and gender confusion direction, they are so into that, they may very well cause Mm -hmm. movements in this country that destroy the public school apparatus as it now stands, top-heavy with a, a lot of payments going to administrators, but creating the school choice movement that breaks its hold, its yes. stranglehold yes. on education in this country yep. because they would not listen to parents. Yep. How absurd is that? Yep. That that arrogance could result in them losing their grip on, on, on American education. And it's a two-pronged approach. Down in Florida, what happened is, and Ron DeSantis, the governor, was involved with this, uh, the parents are taking over the school boards. Yes, uh, conservative parents are taking over the school board. So it's not about a total anti-public school movement. Right. It's let's reform our public schools. If we can't do that, then we want our tax dollars to follow us to this school that's going to reflect our values right. instead of fighting them. Yes. And if you do have a school choice movement, what that will force public schools to do is adapt or yeah, die. That's right. In other words, okay, we're going to listen to the parents, mm-hmm. and we are going to teach their kids what they want them to learn, not the ideology of the left, but actual math skills, science skills, all those STEM, all those kinds of things, uh, because if they don't do that, mm-hmm. then they will lose students in the seats. Yep. I have one more bit of positive news here just to mention. Everybody's familiar with the DeMar Hamlin story, the young man that played football for the Buffalo Bills. He suffered what doctors have since described as a mid-game cardiac arrest last month. Uh, He has received an optimistic prognosis, and according to the NFL Players Union doctor, he will play professional football again. Yeah. Really? Yes, I will. Now, post I, th- a link. I, I thought he was. I thought he would be done. I did too. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and maybe that's just what people were saying uh, might happen. Is does he want to play again? I believe so. Okay, I believe so. I'll, I'll post the link on both the Facebook comments section as well as the Today's Issues Facebook page. All right. Well, I mean, that's that 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 would be a scary thing. I, I to have actually basically died on the field to get back in there at that level with that kind of speed it would be an extraordinary accomplishment for him to uh to dive into a hit again yeah uh after well an answer to prayer yes remember what the players did yeah on the field both teams players from both teams so yes
power and prayer. All right, folks, that's all the time we have. I hope you enjoyed the show. I did. I enjoyed the show. Amen. It was great from start to finish, not because of us, but we feel like the Lord led some It was all discussions. Brent. Brent Creeley, our, our top-notch producer. That's the only compliment you're going to get this month, brother. <laughs> Chad will validate your parking. Yes, that's right. All right, folks, that's uh, all the time we have for today's issues. More great programming directly ahead on American Family Radio. And don't forget, tomorrow is Trivia Friday. Bye for now. Thank you.